InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Life is full of opportunities and challenges. How we think about them can determine how fulfilled and happy we feel. With more, here's InfoTrack's Lisa G. Lisa? Thanks, Chris. We are speaking with Dr. Bill Sheeman, who is the author of Fulfilled, Critical Choices, Work, Home, Life. And he discusses many interesting topics when it comes to lower-skilled men. According to a newly released research, one in five lower-skilled men, those without a college degree who are between the ages of 21 and 30, had not worked at all during the prior 12 months. And it's fascinating, Dr. Sheeman, what you found out about this group, that even though they're out of work, they seem to be content. Yes? I think a lot depends on the extent to which they are have a clear vision and have a living of values that they think are important in their life. And I think one of the biggest gaps that we discovered in our work is people not having a vision, not having a sense of where they'd like to be in their lives as they go forward. People who had visions and were living their values were far more fulfilled than those who did not. Interesting. You know, I think that really goes for most people, but apparently these younger, lower-skilled men are now less likely to work, less likely to marry, and more likely to live with parents or close relatives. And with the economic status right now here in our country, it's probably even harder to do so, to live on your own. It is. And in our research, we focused primarily on the difference between those who were more fulfilled and less fulfilled. And regardless of people who were successful, and there were many successful people who had jobs, long-term jobs, long-term marriages, but who were not very fulfilled. And a lot of that goes back to their ability to be consistent with those values and to also have a vision that they were living. And what was interesting in many of the interviews is people who were dealing with regrets or choices or decisions that they had made in their lives. And what we were surprised to find is that those who had taken more risks in their life, even though it seemed very scary at the time, seemed to be far more fulfilled. They had some failures or what we would call failures along the way, but most of them had learned a great deal by doing that. Well, don't you feel that there are many workplace issues that possibly work against them? And if so, can you talk about that and maybe how they can overcome those issues? Yeah, I think one of the challenges in the workplace today is we haven't looked at the individual as a whole. And when we looked at the issue of fulfillment, we found three things that really drove fulfillment. One was alignment. So was the person aligned in their values, their goals, with where the organization was going? And it was amazing how often those were inconsistent, where someone had been working a job for a very long period of time and feeling that it was really no longer going in a direction that they wanted to go in their life, but they were afraid to leave. They were afraid because of benefits, because of other things. The second one was capabilities. Am I learning and growing? And we certainly heard this in all generations, certainly millennials, but even in baby boomers, it was interesting how many people had felt that the skills that they wanted to learn, the things they wanted to become good at, were not necessarily being supported by the organization or that the training or other issues had been cut back. And then the last one was passion or engagement. 
in the studies I've done with the Mattress Institute, we find that there's only about one-third of people who are really strongly engaged at work. Of those who are not engaged, a big factor is often the fact that there's not passion and they don't see people recognizing what they do every day when they come to work. So I think that a key part of the formula for success and for fulfillment at the same time. We are speaking with organizational psychologist Dr. Bill Scheman. You said a word that really caught my ear. You said about training, I guess, at workplace training, that some companies have cut back on that. Can you tell us a little more about that? Because I feel that that would probably be a very important part to that on-job success for someone who might not be as educated, but they feel that they're learning on the job, on site. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting. Companies that have committed to training and developing people seem to have more committed people there versus those that sort of say, you know, it's on your own and hit the ground running. I think that organizations, there's been a model that has evolved over the years that says that learning at a company, 70% happens on the job and 20% only through indirect related training activities, 10% formal training in a classroom. But the problem with that is that the 70% depends heavily on having a boss or supervisor or coach that really enables you to learn on the job. And too often, managers are really not equipped to do that. Their people are thrown into jobs and often aren't really learning as they go along and become very frustrated with that. It's very hard to go out in front of customers if you face direct customers as someone in, let's say, a quick-serve restaurant or even internal customers and feel like you're failing because you're not learning the skills you need to be successful. And are there tools that you can use to talk to your boss to possibly say, look, I feel like I'm not growing. How are you supposed to approach that? I think there's several opportunities. One is the performance review, and too often performance reviews are focused on the negative on the gaps. But I think it's also incumbent on the person in the role to come to their boss and say, look, here's some things I really want to do. Here's where I want to grow. Here's some things that I think would be valuable for the company and for me, and to come in with that perspective. But I think it's also part of doing check-ins on a regular basis and taking advantage of opportunities. Sometimes there's new roles or raising your hand to volunteer to be on a special committee or task force or something that gets you more visibility, it gets you new skills. Those are things that you really need to take advantage of when the opportunity arises. It's easy to sit back later and say, gee, I'm really sorry I missed out on many of these things going by. So do you feel that there is a light at the end of the tunnel for this age group, for this educational age group, for someone who is lower skilled, doesn't have as much of an education and is between the age of 21 and 30? Do you think there's hope and a future? I think there's hope and a future, but I think it comes down to saying what kind of skills are really needed as we go forward. One of the things that is happening globally is that automation is taking over jobs and also, jobs that can be outsourced to lower-cost areas are being outsourced. It's just an economic issue. And nothing we say or, you know, no matter what our politicians all tout, that's just broad economics in the world and it's not going to change. So for people in that group, I think it's critical for them to think about craft jobs. There are many shortages today in areas around skilled crafts, such as electricians and plumbers and 
you know, some jobs right now that you can't find enough people. One of the nuclear power plants has been held back for completion for two years because they can't get enough welders, for example. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to have work. I think you have to think about the right skills and at times commit to going back to school and learning some of those things because services that require people to be in jobs with them, nursing and jobs such as MRI technicians, requires you to have some people involved in the process. And those are jobs that are likely to be here at least in the intermediate term, if not the long term. I think the other thing that is important, and we saw this during the last huge recession, is you know there's certain times in your life where you have to say, where do I want to be and how can I get there? Once again, we've been speaking to Dr. Bill Sheeman, an organizational psychologist who is the author of Fulfilled Critical Choices, Work, Home, Life. Thank you so much for your tips. They were very interesting, and I think they can help a lot of people. Thank you very much for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Lisa G. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.